I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to Marriage and Martinis. This is Danielle. Usually in August, we take off. We don't record at all or release any episodes, usually. Uh, and this summer, we did. We, uh, we recorded a few episodes. And today, we have an episode with the ladies from Mom Taraj, which was really fun. Adam and I will be back, hopefully next week, more consistently with our episodes because... These kids will be back to school, and hopefully we'll be getting back into a groove. But you know how it is. August is just insanity. So um, we did want to release a few episodes, but we do usually take off, and we will be back very soon, just the two of us. For now, though, I wanted to release this episode. It was such an interesting conversation with Carrie and Ashley from Momtourage, a topic that I am really kind of obsessed with, which is the idea of how do we as parents and as couples and as individual adults sort of formulate our own ideas of what's important in terms of tradition and spirituality and religion in our lives when we have been taught one thing our whole lives, or maybe there was the lack of that, right? Maybe some of us grew up without any tradition or religion or spirituality. Whatever the experience was, I think it's such a tricky thing to decide, am I going to just follow the root of what I was taught? Um or am I going to deviate from that and, and decide that there are traditions that I don't want to embrace or elements of religion that I don't want to embrace, spirituality? Um, and I think for me and Adam, it has been a really tough road to decide that there were aspects of our upbringing that weren't working for us as a couple and as parents and as people, yet our traditions and religion and spirituality was still very important to us. So how do we navigate that? Um, And Ashley and Carrie, I was so interested in talking to because they are both in interfaith relationships, long-term interfaith relationships. And so getting their perspective on it all and how do you manage all of that having such different upbringings. The whole conversation about this topic to me is one that um, I'm still 
really sifting through. Adam and I are really working through. But I talk a lot how the first couple years, not even couple, 10 to 15 years probably, of our marriage was sort of just replicating whatever our parents did. So we're working through all of that. Um, We do get very honest in this episode, Carrie, Ashley, and myself, about our issues with, you know, trying to decide which aspects of tradition and religion and everything we're going to um, be important to us and which we kind of have moved away from. So it is sort of a vulnerable episode. It's a tough topic, right? Everybody has very, um, very personal ideas about how religion and spirituality and traditions should affect our lives and how strictly we should follow these guidelines. And, and all of us are different. And, you know, there's, there has to be a respect for how one person does it versus how another person does it. Um, and so that was kind of cool having this conversation where we all have these similar but different experiences. So we talk about that. We get off topic many, many times, but it's in a really great, fun way and I love women who can challenge me as far as um, what what they're willing to say and what they're willing to divulge and the 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 stories they're willing to tell. So I was loving sort of um, the fact that I was definitely maybe the tamest of the bunch, but not really. I mean, I just loved hearing all their stuff and having to keep up with the spiciness of the conversation. It was really great. So I hope you enjoy this episode with Ashley and Carrie from Momtourage. They're really awesome, and you can find them uh, on Instagram at Momtourage. You can uh, follow them. Uh, their podcast is Momtourage Podca- Podcast, and um, I hope you enjoy, and go check them out. Thank you, girls, so much for being here, Momtourage ladies. Thank, Thank you. you for having us. Could you want to give everybody a little background about you? Um, first of all, I don't even know how you two met or came together. And you guys have been podcasting for a while together. Yes. Yeah. Carrie, I mean, you're the queen of telling this story. So okay, do it, okay, friend. Okay. Quickly. So, I'll do it as best I can, quickly as I can. So we used to have a podcast called Scary Mommy Speaks. Um, and how we met is that Scary Mommy was looking to put together a podcast. And they put out a casting call. Ashley had kind of been one of the, I guess, producers, or I don't even know who they were at the time, had already been kind of like stalking Ashley's Instagram because Ashley had a, a, a really cute, quick Instagram show about Hudson County where she lives. And um, they really liked it. It was her own little show, but she was like, obviously shows her on-camera skills, obviously. And they had been- That was like, the point of it was to build yes. that resume. <laughs> so they had been kind of courting her. But then I saw a friend sent me like a casting that was like real life best friend. So me and my at the time and still real life best friend, Valerie, made a video. And within 15 minutes of of sending the video, I got a call back. um, Sorry, Valerie and I got a call back. So we show up to the first call back and I see Ashley there. And to be honest with you, I was kind of a a bitchy cunt to her. Am I allowed to uh, curse on your podcast? Please do. Please do. I was kind of a bitchy cunt. I just was. She was. She was. That is a true story. I mean, I was, I just was. Um, and I thought she was so nice. And I was like, what's her angle? Why is she so nice? It's so weird. I'm just nice, bitch. 
I didn't know. I didn't know what it was like. So anyway, so then callbacks came and we heard that we were going to be, me and my friend Val were heard that we were going to be paired up separately. And we're like, ooh, they want Val. They want Ashley. Pardon me. I keep messing up my best friend's names. They want Ashley and they're trying to figure out which one between me and my best friend Val to pair up with. So, um, the good the, news is we're all actors. We've all been performers for numbers of years. But the funny part about it was they wanted so real is, best friends. Right. Like, but, but, <laughs> but we're all used to rejection at this point. You we're know? also used to reality television being not reality. So we're like, obviously, you don't really want real best friends. You want best friends that you pick and put together and pretend to be best friends. So I got the job. Me and my friend Valerie were like, whoever gets it, that's fine. We're, we're like tried and true ride or dies. It's fine. So they paired me with Ashley. And I mean, listen, we didn't have to pretend to be fake friends for very long because- No, Carrie Carrie came on very strong and I had no choice but to get with the program or like it was going to be, it was going to be hard. Or perish. Right, right. And so we did a bunch of like photo shoots prior to the first recording. And I was just like, we just, I came on hot like I do with everything. And we became real best friends. And now we're but real best friends. The good news is usually when people come on hot, I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Because it was work, I had to say yes. And I, it is one of the best decisions I've ever made because I have to tell you, not only do I love Carrie for all that she is, which is wonderful and absolutely out of her fucking mind but she this is quite honestly the best working partnership relationship I have ever had and I am a Virgo I think if I want something done I need to do it myself so for me to say that is like it's loaded it's a loaded statement Ashley's the most successful partnership I've had including my husband (laughs) I have a more I have a better working relationship with Ashley than I do my baby daddy. Oh, bless us. <laughs> <laughs> my business partner is my baby daddy. So it's right. a little harder. <laughs> say, well, yeah. I mean, so yeah. Yeah. That's great though. You guys have totally like withstood the test of time because I mean, here you are still, you know, I mean, I feel like finding a right host co-host for a podcast is, I mean, there are a lot of podcasts that just wake yeah. up because yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, whoever cast us really knew what they were doing. They yeah. really did because we were really compatible and uh, it's like we were on a dating show or something and it worked. And, and so it, just to, to bring you up to date and up to speed to where we are now, uh, after about six months with Scary Mommy, uh, they ended up not wanting to really do podcasts anymore, kind of restructuring what they were doing. And, you know, Carrie and I were pretty depressed to be completely honest. We went, and to, all, we went to Outback Steakhouse and, and had, cried over an Outback steak. sirloin and mashed potatoes. <laughs> and wine. At like and wine. 12, at 12 in the 12 in the afternoon. Yeah. Um, you know, that one on 23rd Street, the what like the real depressing it's real depressing when you go to a corporate restaurant in Manhattan. It's like it's, it's really like bad. you've hit a low. <laughs> um, crying over a steak uh (laughs) so we were just like we're not done with this and we are gonna do this ourselves and we basically had to start completely from scratch uh not basically we did we We had to we couldn't take followers we couldn't take our rss feed and here we are almost two years later and uh doing doing okay all right yeah that's awesome yeah so awesome it's been a journey, but I'm glad it's with this bitch, you know? Seriously. <laughs> One thing that Adam and I have 
sort of decided over like the last few years is that we were really going to break away sort of from from our parents, like what our parents have handed down to us as must do's when it comes to traditions and, you know, religious stuff and family stuff. And, and, and we were sort of living in the shadows of our parents, you know, and there's some traditions that we have that like, we absolutely love that they handed down to us. And then there were some that like we were fighting about and just, just didn't seem like applicable to our family and our lifestyle and everything. And we've really done a lot of work the last few years to say, we're going to do it how we want to do it. And, and there's been some backlash, but there's also been like some support. So I guess I just wanted to talk to you guys as, you know, fellow moms and, and everything about what, what you think about all of this, especially being part of like the sandwich generation, right? So, you know, we still have these relatives older than us, you know, that are still living and and who we, we want to show respect for and everything. But at the same time, like as, as we're getting older and everything, I think that there's this, this sense of, I, I also want to do things the way I want to do things. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really interesting that you say that I was, uh, like kind of broaching the topic of religion. Is that too heavy? Are we, is it? No, not at all. I mean, we just okay. entire, like, you know, bar mitzvah. Episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, I myself am Jewish and, uh, my husband is Catholic and, you know, when we were figuring out our lives together. I was, I said, uh, you know, and being Jewish in, in sense of, in the sense of tradition is very important to me. Um, I'm not celebrating, you know, I'm, I don't celebrate Sukkot, but I do the high holidays at home. I haven't been to synagogue and God knows how long, but it is. It does it know was, how long for sure. If it's synagogue. <laughs> what'd you say? I said, God does know how long. If it's God synagogue. knows, right. God yes, knows. He, yeah, he truly good does. Point. Yeah. I, on the other hand, don't, <laughs> um, but it is, it's been a long time and, you know, not to mention COVID is an issue and all these other things, but I, I went to a Jewish day school from pre-K to fifth grade. I went to Jewish school after. After that, I was bar mitzvahed, all of that. And now I'm raising, sorry. So, so my husband and I decided, listen, I don't need you to convert to Judaism, but I do want to raise our child Jewish. And to be honest, I haven't really done much with that. You know, there, it's not like I'm taking him to synagogue. It's not like he's going to, you know, uh, like any kind of religious, classes. We celebrate Hanukkah. We celebrate Christmas. We celebrate Easter. We celebrate Passover, you know? Um, but I, I have, I had a conversation with a good friend of mine last week because I was talking to my son about, you know, we, we pray before bed. And one day he said like, who's God, what's, what is, what's God? How old's your son? Four. Hmm. And I kind of didn't know how to answer that. You know, I said, well, God is, he's all around us and it's, he's filled with love. And I just, I just didn't really know what to say. And I I took it up with my mom and who was a convert. She converted to Judaism and she basically was like, well, you need to start taking him to synagogue once a month. And I, and I said, like, I, I don't want, I really don't want to, I have no interest in that. I also find 
in this day and age, I hate to bring this conversation down, but in this day and age where uh, mass shootings in religious places are a problem, I'm a little scared of something like that. You're heavy hitting right away. I am, but this is, this is the truth. And this is breaking away from tradition. You know, I was a kid who went to synagogue often and now my kid doesn't do anything. He does nothing religious at all. And I don't, where this comes in is, I don't know how to teach my kid right from wrong because the, in terms of God stuff, in terms of morality, in the sense of God. And this is something that actually really plagues my mind because that was how, that was such a big part of how I learned right from wrong was, you know, God and, and I guess, you know, the Torah and all these different things. So how, now that I'm breaking away from that myself and becoming more of a Jew in the sense of tradition, how do I, how do I teach my child that? But I know I don't really want to go to synagogue. Mm -hmm. I I don't know if I believe in religion in that sense. And also, I think that, you know, there are a lot of people who don't feel like you need to be in a place of worship to feel absolutely feel a higher power or everything. Yeah. And I ascribe to that myself. Like I, I have my own relationship with God in my own ways. It doesn't include synagogue. Mm -hmm. Sorry, that was real heavy, but no, no, but it's, (laughs) it's true. And you know what? I'm so interested in also, you know, in, in, um, interfaith marriages, I really am because one thing that I always say is, yeah, look, and, and I, I don't want to, I'm so glad I married Adam. I, you know, and I love him and he's my partner and everything like that. But there is part of me that's like, you know, I, I think my parents always said to me, like, it's easier to marry yeah. somebody who's in the same religion. Totally. Right? Like, you're not going to have those discrepancies and everything, but I got to tell you, like, yeah, maybe we haven't fought about Judaism, but like there's been nothing easy about marriage. So even though those weren't the things that we were fighting about, like, okay, so, I mean, maybe had I been in an interfaith relationship, I don't know, other things would have been easier if, if the sea of you can marry absolutely anybody had been opened up to me, you know what I mean? And I had been like, oh, I can just pick whoever I want. (laughs) And I'm not saying anything against, listen, I understand why people want their kids to marry in the same faith. And I also understand parents who are like, you can marry, you know, I I get both sides of it. But for me personally, like that being a reason of, well, it'll be easier. I kind of a little bit for my own self call bullshit on that. I mean, in full disclosure, my husband and I fight a lot more about whether I should be cursing in front of our son more than we've ever fought about religion. Religion has not been a big issue, but that's also because I'm kind of loosey goosey about it. And he's more agnostic, even though he was raised Catholic, he just doesn't really even know where he lies. So, you know, it, it hasn't been an issue for us. Right. 
I am also in an interfaith relationship. I'm not married, so, uh, but my partner and my baby daddy is Jewish and I am Catholic, fallen Catholic, if you might call it, but <laughs> I come from Irish Catholic and Italian Catholic where people in my family were training to be in the, and like as nuns or priests, like very serious fear. I went to Catholic school, like for reals. I actually went to a Jewish under school. Um, I grew up in a primarily Jewish town and I was raised kind of culturally Jewish, even though I was Catholic. And so people assume I'm Jewish. Um, uh, and then I went to Catholic high school. So I had like definitely a lot of Old Testament for sure, be going for sure. But um, I have sort of bucked the trend in my family from the beginning. Um, I come from a very culturally old school Italian family where you don't have sex out of marriage, or if you do, you don't talk about it. You definitely try to marry an Italian and you usually live with your parents until you get married and are ready to have kids. Um, I didn't do that. <laughs> I moved out on my own to New York. I was very open about my sexuality to everybody. Um, everyone knew that I was extremely single and extremely ready to mingle with old <laughs> ho in New York for 20 years. Um, and I have a very rough relationship with my dad. I'm, I'm, I'm a I come from a divorced family. My parents were divorced before I was born. I was makeup sex from a separation that did not seal the marriage. Just so you know, like during a separation, usually having a baby does not necessarily work to, to have it work. <laughs> doesn't save the relationship. Doesn't usually save. Sometimes it does give in this case, does, often doesn't. So I've actually never known my parents together, but I am a child of divorce and I have um, a continually difficult relationship with my dad. Um, that Does I it talk have about something to do with like, is the religion component part of that? No, okay. he is mentally ill and oh, okay. uh, has been a, an adulterer for uh, since the beginning of time. And I don't particularly like the things that he has done to any of my mothers, my, my mom, my stepmom my half brother, my half sister. I'm just not really cool with it. I also love him very much. And I'm also very much like Your him. Dad. So it's, it's a complicated, yeah. you know, 32 years of therapy <laughs> helped me. He's also a therapist. So that makes it worse. Uh, so uh, we have a complicated relationship. And so some of my separation of stuff and tradition has to do with me directly uh, trying to separate myself from my dad mm -hmm. and kind of the, um, uh, not to get again too heavy, the story of my dad and how things should be and how the family protects him and doesn't really, it's old school Italian. So they kind of don't really look at the real life situation in front of them. Instead, it's just like, it's just family. You got, I'm like, uh, can you look, see what's happening here? You know? Um, and so I don't really, I follow my own, own trends. I always have I owe my parents, both sides of my family, my mom and my dad, my mom's who's very, who's hundred percent Irish and my dad's who, who's hundred percent Italian. I've never did and have done anything that they've wanted me to do. I've done the opposite of what they've wanted to do. And family's very important to me, but I think I set the precedent pretty early that I was going to do it my own way. And so now it's a little bit like a running joke, like, oh, Carrie, she just does things her own way or whatever. Um, but tradition and family is incredibly important to me and so I always do it on my own terms and I think I'm really happy that I've been in therapy for so long that I just set the bound have set the boundaries right away it doesn't mean I don't get guilt and all that other stuff but I really have just been like hey uh I'm living in sin I'm married I'm with a Jew we are 
not married. I had a baby out of wedlock. Uh, uh, she's not, we're probably going to bar mitzvah her or bat mitzvah her, even though I'm technically the mother and I'm Catholic. Like we're just going to do whatever feels right for us. But I've been doing that from the beginning. So it hasn't like having a baby and like actually settling down with one person is the most traditional thing I've ever done in my family. And so I think everyone's like, whoa, look at her doing these traditional things. Mm-hmm. Um, so this feels very like comfortable to them, even though, because I think up until now, I've just been like, fuck you. I'm going to do the opposite of what you say. Right. I, I find that to be so impressive that you did it from such a young age, because we really like Adam and I really, I think I say this all the time. I really feel like for the first, I don't know, we've been married almost 20 years now for at least the first 12, if not 15 years of our marriage, we were kind of just like trying to replicate what our parents did. And I think that was just because we didn't, we were both youngest children. And, you know, I I think that we just were like, well, this is how you do it. You know, you just kind of re- you know, you just kind of like relive whatever they were doing. And both of our parents had successful marriages and everything, you know, on their terms, like, like not exactly what I would want, but you know, they're, they've lasted. And, um, and, you know, I, I just feel like we spent a lot, a lot of time wasting, you know, wasting the years trying to do what they did. And, and so I'm so impressed when people like that, that you from a young age did that um, because I don't know, I just was never brave enough. Um, you know, you know yeah, I, I just didn't, I didn't have a ton modeled for me. Like that's, that's the, that's the thing I, I talk about all the time with my partner, Lee. I'm like, I just don't know what a relationship looks like. I just have no concept. And so one of the big conflicts that we get in is like, I just don't understand. Like, I truly don't understand why I should ask you if I can go do something. And he's like, it's not asking. You're just like letting me in on, he's like, why do you have to live such a solitary life? I'm like, I don't understand why I have to even tell you that I'm going to do something. But he also doesn't tell you everything. So no, why- I know. Well, I think now, now he knows, but he used to get really offended and I'd be like, well, I'm just going to go do this. What's up? Right. And he's right. like, well, couples like interact with each other about that. I'm like, do they? I don't know. I always had a single mom. So she was just like, I'm going to do what I want to do. Bye. Check you later. You know? And so- this is, um, this is one of the main differences between Carrie and I, where Carrie is very much, uh, and I've always really admired people like this. I have another friend that's also like this, very much like, despite being in a partnership, despite being in a relationship, still very much their own independent person. Carrie and I have discussed ad nauseum on our show, the fact that she thinks that your partner should not be everything for you. And for me, I actively pursued in my life because I come from a teen pregnancy. My parents are still together. In my mind, it's been um, the relationship I want to model, even though, you know, there there's there's issues in every relationship for me. I wanted somebody who was my everything, somebody who was my best friend along with all, you know, all the other shit, the person that I do want to hang with all the time. And right now, and up until this point, this is what I have. I mean, I say it like that because, you know, 
we've been married. We've been together for about 10 years, been married for uh, six, six. Yeah. Six. Thank you. <laughs> six years. Um, but so you, you know, who like the- in quarantine, you felt like you hit the jackpot because you're like, oh, it was no. great. Oh, it was God. great. Yeah. My husband worked from home. They preferred I, it. They honestly, they yes. were thriving. Yeah. Thriving. And we still are. And now his company is saying, oh, you're probably gonna have to go back to like a hybrid situation in January. And we're both like, yeah, just tell him you're not doing that. Like, <laughs> you Tell uh-huh. him you prefer being at home and, and not just because I enjoy being with him. But I think what a lovely blessing it's been that my husband gets so much time with his son because as a little kid, I didn't get that much time with my dad. He was working all the time. And my husband is also working all the time, but now we've cut out commuting. We've cut out, Hey, you know, he can come upstairs and have lunch with us. Silly things like that. He actually, he gets to go pick up his son from work and take him to school. He actually knows his child. And I think and I'm like, we're really lucky fucking get out of the house. Right. And fucking Carrie's like the least I have to deal with you, the better. The right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's it's kind of an interesting uh, <laughs> we're two separate people in that. No, but that's that's good. I think that, but at the beginning of quarantine, I felt like it was so much fun. It was like a novelty, right? That we were, you know, and there was nothing else you could do besides. And that's so funny because going back to traditions, like we definitely during quarantine started spending time with our kids in ways that we hadn't before. Like we just, we, I mean, my husband, like Adam set up a whole casino night and like, my God, that's so cute. That is so so cute. Awesome. But it never would have happened had it not been for quarantine. Like we just, that's just, and now we're back to that. Like we haven't done it since, you know, since kind of life has opened back up and everything because just who does that on a Friday night, like makes a casino night for their kids, you know, I love it. but that is something that they will remember. And that did force us to sort of make those traditions. Like we definitely, you know, there was stuff that we did during that time that I do think our kids will remember because there was just literally nothing else. Like, you know, they we watched movies that they never would have seen before. And you know, I honestly like the pandemic for this stuff. Ashley and I have talked about like yeah, there's plenty of negative there was plenty of negative things that happened in the pandemic. And I'm not mostly to negative down, to be completely I'm not, honest. I'm not trying to downplay right. the death and the isolation oh, and, of course, and the mental of course. all of that. But um it made me slow down and appreciate things and and reinstill some of the things from my childhood when there wasn't technology and there wasn't a lot of going out and doing things. You know, I come from it. Ashley and I both come from, we didn't grow up wealthy and we grew up poor. Both, both Ashley and I grew up, I mean, you know, poverty. I, I hate to say that because there are definitely people that are hundred right. percent more poor than Ashley and I, but we did not grow up. With, but paying bills was a struggle yeah. for our families. Yeah. And so I wasn't like, I didn't have like all the technology and stuff. And I mean, I'm for, I'm 43 as well. So like technology wasn't even there, but <laughs> I wasn't, you know, my mom put me in lessons. She spent all the money on my education and lessons, yep. not on clothes, not on things, not on whatever. Um, you know, Ashley, like she said, she comes from a teen parent, two teen parents. And my mom was a single mom. So like money was a struggle and just kind of this, the simplicity of like a, 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 p- a pillow for it in the middle of the day mm-hmm. or like I started doing um like themed bathtub nights I became I actually I joke about this I like I as much as I'm a reluctant mother and parent for sure like 
I'm not like queen of the like I'm a super mom. I tend to get these like super mom things. Yes, I have to do where I'm like I'm gonna do a baking class and right. Like, she went through a phase where she was like I want her to have fresh baked cookies every day, and I was like, who the fuck are I'm you? Really I'm like and a new mommy palette, and then we started making like handmade soap, handmade organic oh, wow. soap every day. But so I do. Meanwhile, have that, like, meanwhile, my family established family shot as our tradition during <laughs> quarantine where <laughs> my husband, my son and I would all do a shot in the middle of the day. Obviously, my husband and I alcohol, like right, a shot of juice. Right. My <laughs> husband and I did alcohol and my son did a shot of orange juice. And now we're like, that may have been a really bad idea. Like <laughs> we we'll find out it. in a few years, but it may have been a real bad idea. But in the meantime, it was great. We loved it, you know? <laughs> right. Well, that was also part. I mean, that was also part of it. That was so great was like, there were some things that you just had to be like, fuck it because yeah. you had to keep thought- everybody entertained. Like we were the entertainment. Yep. My daughter is weirdly, and it's almost as if she like sat in on a couple's therapy session a couple times and is now just working it. That's what it feels like in my mind. But she is obsessed with the family unit, obsessed. Every nighttime story is about mommy and uh, mommy Carrie, daddy Lee, Luna. She like is always like, if, if Lee works too late, is he coming? Is daddy coming home tonight? Like she is so beyond. And I've talked to other family members and parents. It's not just me having with this with, they're like, Luna is kind of obsessed with this idea of the family unit. And one of my couples therapy themes prior to having her during having her is that I didn't have that unit. And now I like, and you know, my, my partner and I have had a really rocky relationship road for sure. And we're not married. Um, and so she becomes like obsessed with this idea of like family unit and why do people get married and why do people are not married at such a young age. And if it puts a lot of like undue pressure, I feel like it puts a lot of pressure on me. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, what if something didn't work out? And all of a sudden I'm crushing her hopes and dreams. Were your children obsessed with the family unit or if it's it, does she pick up on me like not being secure about this like I'm, I'm so curious right I don't know that's so interesting um you know I don't know if they were obsessed with the family unit I don't I mean my kids definitely had like crazy obsessions not that that's a crazy obsession but I do think that kids like hone in on something and it might have been like I don't know, they could read a book or see a movie or something or like, you know, all these like Disney movies and everything where like the mom dies or yeah. the dad every dies. Disney movie, the mom every dies. Disney movie that like, I mean, it's, it's the worst thing that can happen for a kid. Obsessed, right. So, like, of so let's create a whole empire yeah. about that. Yeah, because and then like of course they're like, oh my god, like every single movie, is it gonna be okay? Are my parents gonna be okay? Like, I do think there is. They are inundated with all of that, right? From such a young age, I never understood that. Like, why in every movie and show does that have to be the case? Like, what? And sometimes it's like, well, of course they're like obsessed with that. You know, like, and then I, and I'm super awkward. Like I always put my foot in my mouth. I'm always like, listen, mommies cannot have, can also do it without daddies. And then two mommies can do it. And I was like, and we would be fine without your dad and your dad would be fine without you. And this is how, like, I get like too much. And then she's like, I'm not interested anymore. Actually, <laughs> you're making too much of this. Why don't you bring it up in therapy? Basically. <laughs> 
but she like hooks onto these things. I think children are just so perceptive. Yeah. They do kind of pick up on what you're worried about talking about. Like, or like what's playing nice, you. Like, it is nice that she's obsessed with that too, because it's such a nice, it's, it's such a conversation starter for, well, no families look so different. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That it's like, cause that is something that is also, I mean, especially during quarantine and everything where they weren't seeing a lot of other families and everything. Well, I was like, going to say it's come up a lot because on both my side of the family and Lee's side of the family, we have for, like very, lots of lesbian, gay whole situations. Uh, my, my aunt, and my uncle are let are in le- lesbian and gay relationships. Uh, my husband, my, I call him husband just cause like it's easier, but my baby daddy's sister isn't, is a lesbian in a relationship. And for when Luna, you know, out of the mouths of babes, she was like, no, but that one's a man. I'm like, nope, two women, two mm-hmm. women. Everybody ha- looks different. Everybody has different relationships. And she goes, well, they have a baby. And I was like, right. Two ladies can have a baby that's how that and two and two men can have a baby but that man looks like a lady I know but you know I'm like trying to explain all the things and you know and it does leave it open I'm like and your mom and your dad are not married but we're together so that's another kind of relationship right but man she's like a heckler though (laughs) she really (laughs) do you think some of that is like do you think some of that is because you're not married like do you think there's part of her that's like Oh, no, my mom and dad aren't married. So, you know, I mean, my mother who really wants me to be married would say that I would say that we never really talked about what it means to be married and what it doesn't mean to be married to her. Um, we talk I think a little- there's I think a lot of kids think that that's what's supposed to be the of case course. because that's yeah. what they came from. But when you don't come from that, when your we mom talk and dad about aren't different married. last names, because I have, it started with, I have a different last name than her and her dad. And so she likes to call us by our full names. So she calls me Carrie Sotero, not mom. And she calls Lee, Lee Mars. I love dad. it. And so she goes, where's Lee Mars? I'm like, well, Lee Mars is at work. And she's like, thanks, mommy, Carrie Sotero. And I was like, no problem, (laughs) Luna Mars. So that's how it started. And then she just started to get into Disney things. And so I think the getting married thing came from that because she definitely like, again, circling it back to Judaism. My husband is not a big Disney fan because he's, he heard, and I don't even know if this is true or not, but that Walt Walt Disney Disney was was anti-Semite. Right. Yeah, I've heard that too. So I, all I Jews know. have heard that. Right. Yeah. So he was like, no Disney in this house. No Disney in this house. How, you can't stop a kid from Disney. And we didn't push Disney, but weirdly enough, my stepfather is very into Disney. So it it, it butts up a little bit because my stepfather is one of those adults that goes to Disney World all that's the me. time. That's that's right. also me. Wait, so I'm like, no, he, he brings family with him. Okay. I, I almost made it sound weird. I'm like, he brings children. <laughs> but like, I, I, I come from big family. So there's always like younger cousins or whatever. And then yeah. he's like, you want to come on a family trip? You know, whatever. So anyway, but I think he would go by himself if he had to. Uh-huh. I would. I would too. Yeah, so, 100%. And it would be better because you're by yourself. So Probably. the Disney thing started watching it. My grandmother, my her grandparents' house and whatever. And now we're 
infiltrated a little bit in the house. So I think the marriage thing comes from that, but I don't know. I don't know what's inside her head. She was obsessed with the family unit, even when it didn't involve marriage, when it was just like, and this person's here and this person's here. And it just makes me laugh because it's like exactly what I talk about in couples. Like it's, it's all the stuff that I was concerned about. I'm like, I, one thing I wanted to share about tradition coming back to tradition is that, um, you know, I grew up in a family that I grew up in the seventies and the eighties. No one was like worried about mindfulness. Like nobody cared about that shit. Everyone was just like, you'll play there and you'll be quiet and, and you better be grateful. Because Go outside, not, try not to be kidnapped yeah. by somebody right. and like come back in for dinner. And you better be grateful because there's starving children in Africa. Like you right. better be grateful. You know, that was the whole situation. Mm-hmm. But for me, there was never any room for a kid to talk about anxiety or any kind of mental illness. And I've always, from the earliest moment, have had mental stuff going on. And my dad does. And it was like, you know, so living with my mom, who is divorced from this man who had a pretty severe mental illness, impacting her marriage and her relationship. For me to say, I don't, I feel anxious. I feel nervous. It was like, no, you don't. Kids don't feel that. Right. And so one of the traditions that I have like started with my kids to try to be a little bit more open that yes, kids can feel anxiety, kids can feel scared. And we do this gratitude thing every single night where every single night before bed, we say what we're grateful for. And primarily up until this point, I mean, she's three years old. Honestly, what she said every night before bed is poopy, peepee, airplanes, and dinosaurs. <laughs> and we're just going with it. I'm like, hey. I'm grateful for poopy and peepee too. Who isn't? You know? By the way, Sebastian did say poop like two nights ago. And I was like, nice. Me nice. too, kid. Me too. <laughs> you do it too, Ashley? Yeah. The gratitude thing too? Yeah, I just I started it. We we have an upcoming episode where we kind of really explore this. And I was like, this is a lovely thing, a tradition to start with my son. So I've been doing it with him probably for about like a week and a half, two weeks. And he's still not at the like very deep level. It's mostly like, I'm grateful for mommy and daddy. And I'm like, you don't have to say that. Well, let's talk about like what you're grateful for today. And the other well, day he said, like I'm now- grateful that I did poopy. And I was yeah. like, nice, me too. Well, this is he's, not too- he's getting the, they're getting the idea of, yes. of gratefulness. And that's what it means. And let me tell you, like the fact that you guys started that so early is amazing because it's just going to become part of their routine. Yeah. Like, and, and it makes for a nicer life. Like if you can take a moment, even when shit gets hard and bad and sit in, in some level of gratitude for what you do have, even as an adult, although I'm trying to train myself to get there and, and go automatically to that place, it just makes everything a little bit better. I know it sounds cheesy, but it's the truth. Oh, absolutely. If you can stop for a few minutes and, and, you know, and, and do that. Yeah. I know that. I think it's, I think it was Jen Hatmaker. I can't remember who it was who said, you know, from the second you get up in the morning, like the first thing you should think to yourself is like, I am so grateful that my feet have hit the floor. Like I'm so grateful that, you know, and I'm not there yet. I'm not either. It's no. really well. Here, here's a hot, here's a hack because I'm a meditation teacher, so I'm an expert. <laughs> so, you know, I'm not an expert, but even if you like are kind of like facetious about it, like I always say, like listen, if you start the day coming from a place of lack, it goes bad. It's like going to the grocery store hungry. You don't really make good choices. Or I compare it since I was a big old self-loving whore, and I use whore in the best 
way possible. I loved how much I went out and did everything I wanted to do. Yeah. I recommend everybody Same. do it, frankly. Yeah. But are you talking sexually? Uh, yeah. Like oh, I okay. lived up I until was, yeah, yeah, up until up until I was I did everything I wanted to do. I'm so thankful. I highly recommend it for everybody. Like, yes. Before you settle down, do all the things you want to do. Yep. Anyway, I um, safely. Don't get pregnant, don't get an STD, but otherwise go have your fun. I I say that like, um, it's like going, it's like going to a bar and waiting till last call to find the person you want to go home with. It's not a good choice. The slim pickings at the end. So gratitude is a little bit like that. Like if you wake up in the morning and the first thing you think, you look at the clock and you think, oh shit, I only got four hours of sleep or like, ugh, snooze. I already snooze now. I can't go to Starbucks on my way to work. Or you just think of all the things you don't have or you didn't do then the rest of the day, you continue to think in that pattern. But even if you like say you only got four hours of sleep, flip the switch. And even though it sounds kind of like sarcastic or whatever, just say, thank God I got four hours of sleep. Like it could have been three. I got four. Like just reframe it. Even if you know it's kind of like cheesy and false because it just starts a pattern. And then the rest of the day, you start thinking along those lines. Like, all right, well, I didn't get shit on by a bird. That was good. You know, like, <laughs> and then eventually it turns into like, oh my gosh, I'm really thankful for dairy-free creamer because I didn't right. eat my pants I, today. So right. I was listening to an interview with Brie Larson, who I really like. Yeah. And she was saying, I've actually started doing this. So she, you know, they do these, like everyone's doing those cold baths now, right? Like those yeah. cold baths. Yes. And, and she does it every morning where she gets into an ice cold bath. And it's obviously torture. Like it feels yeah. like torture. I mean, now I stand in the shower, like, and you know, I put the water to cold for like 20 seconds and I feel like, oh, I've accomplished something. I'm like, right. It's I'm supposed to help your parasympathetic, sympathetic nervous system. Yeah. But regulate. then she's like later on in the day, if something shitty is happening, I'm like, well, at least I'm not in the fucking ice cold bath. <laughs> <anyway>. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's kind of, she's like, cause I started my day in the most it's the worst in the worst discomfort that anything after that is going to feel more comfortable well maybe that's why i should run because i hate running and i'll be like well can't be worse than getting up at 6 a.m and <laughs> oh, running in the dark there you go or or instead of running you can actually just be like i'm i'm so glad i'm not running right now yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> right right but but i do think that you know like that that what you were saying carrie about um you know you you're not married and you you didn't change your name and everything. Like, I do think that you're creating such an environment for your kids that like, they're going to be like, no, I can do it my way too. Yeah. And I think that's so healthy. You know, I mean, I really, really do. I think that that's such, when you create that kind of environment and show them like, this is what, you know, we're doing it our way. Um, I don't know. I, I'm, I, that's what I'm trying to show my kids with like all of this, with, you know, the, the, traditions and and I think we maybe haven't broken away like as much as we would like um but at the same time there's also a lot of traditions that we really love that we want to keep you know like I want my kids to know how to make my grandmother's chicken soup and I want them to you know uh remember like what it was like when they saw my dad who's not a rabbi but he like thinks he's a rabbi you know up <laughs> I know a lot of Jewish dads that also think they're rabbis yeah. by the way <laughs> right right like I want them to like look up and be proud of him on the pulpit you know when he's like you know it's doing the Hebrew prayers and everything so but but I do think that like that that you're that creating this environment of 
we we're going to do things our way gives a permission, you know, and, and we, we did do that a little bit. I mean, from the beginning, we, we were good about some things. Like, I think that the environment that we created in our, in our house made it really easy, for instance, for like my lesbian daughter to come out and it made it very easy, you know, for my kids to say like when they wanted to get evaluated for, you know, something with neurodiversity or, you know, that kind of stuff. But, um, but damn, it's hard. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. To touch on what you were saying about tradition, I mean, I think at the end of the day, it's important to keep the traditions that mean the most to you because that's how we connect with our family, right? Like, like even though going back to the whole Judaism God thing, something that I really hold, a tradition I hold in a very high value is Shabbat dinner on Friday nights. Mm -hmm. My family did Shabbat every Friday night, even if we hadn't gone to synagogue in a year, we did Shabbat every Friday night, so much so that as like a teenager, as a 20 something year old, it would be an argument with my mother where she was like, you're not making the time for Shabbat. And I'd be like, I'm in my 20s and I want to go every Friday night yeah, not to I, hang out and go out with your friends. It would be like, I want to go out with my friends. I don't want to I don't want to like be here. I want to go to a bar and meet a guy like that's what I want to do on a Friday night. But I will tell you. I was talking about this with my husband the other day. It is, it has really, uh, it has really impressed upon me how important certain traditions are, even if at the moment you didn't want to do it. And, you know, as an adult with your own kids, if you don't want to do them, you don't want to do them. You don't have to do them, but it, it, it is, it really made a, it brought us close every single week, even if we were all busy, even if we never got to see each other, even if a zillion and one things were happening. My parents always wanted to know what was going on in my life. I always wanted to know what was going on in their life. We had a real connection with one another because of that Friday night. So for me, it's very important to have that with my son. Now, I don't know if we'll have it when he's 20, but maybe we will. Maybe I will. I will say, you know, you could go out with your friends after. Right. Yeah. But it is every, you know, even now, even if you don't make dinner, even if you order Chinese food, even if you have pizza, whatever it is, Friday night dinner, you're together. And, and you know, we really, he's little, so we're to, we have dinner together every night. But as he gets older, I know that that's something very important. And, you know, kudos to you and your husband that despite kind of feeling this internal struggle within yourselves and within your relationship with your parents, your family, you've created an environment that's safe enough for your children to feel like they can be truthful with you. And they, because that's all we really want as parents, right? It doesn't matter if we're married, unmarried, uh, religious, not religious. At the end of the day, as a parent, all you really care about is that your child is happy and thriving in the best way that they can be. Mm. And 
if my son came to me and said, listen, I'm, um, gender non-binary and I, you know, my pronouns now are they, them, and this, that, and the other, would it be an adjustment? I'm not going to lie to you. Of course it absolutely would in one way, but at the end of the day, all I care about is that he's happy and that he is living his life in the most fulfilled, happy way. So I really have to say, I get that it's a struggle, but you guys are doing great. And I'm, I'm oh, listen, thanks. I have a four-year-old kid. What the fuck do I know? But no, no, it, listen, it's, it's hard no matter what, you know, different a lot of kids problems. Yeah. And a lot That's of kids a- don't have that. A lot of kids, you know, can't talk to their parents about being a lesbian or being concerned about being neurodivergent or anything else. A lot of kids don't have that. So the fact that you've created an environment that's safe for them is beautiful. Thank you. I, I have to ask. So, so many of my girlfriends growing up again, like I said, I grew up in a predominantly Jewish neighborhood. I helped everyone learn their Haftorah. I'm like, telling you, <laughs> I was like, I was the Shabbos boy. I held everybody's books, turned on all their lights. I mean, I like made killer money during the holidays. Were they Orthodox? Why were you turning off some, lights? Yeah, some of them were Orthodox. Yeah. Yeah. I was like the babysitter during the high holidays. I mean, I'm like, let me tell you, I'm your girl. Every single mother of every girlfriend or, or guy friend that I knew had the most anxiety leading up. Like they practically had a stomach ulcer and some of them did have a stomach ulcer planning these gigantic farm bat mitzvahs, but not mitzvahs the whole nine. I grew up in Margate, New Jersey, and it's close to Atlantic city. So a lot of these bar mitzvahs were at like Caesar's casino and yeah, resorts yeah. Casino. it was like crazy. How much anxiety did you have leading up to this huge? And how did you pick your outfit? And I like need to know the details because I remember these conversations with the moms about that. Right, right. Yeah, but it was, let's put it this way. My daughter did a trip for hers. Like she's not, she's very introverted. She, and first of all, we took 15 people to Europe for less than fiasco cost. Yeah. Number, one. Number two, um, the day before the bar mitzvah, I looked at my husband and I said, maybe we can still convince him to do a trip. <laughs> Like that's how, how, how much, old are they different? Like, so what are the age ranges? There? My daughter's 16. My son is 13. And I have another one who's going to be bar mitzvah. Who's 10. Um, listen, it wound up being the most wonderful occasion. It was amazing. We did jeans and jerseys because my husband was like very into sports. So that took the pressure off for, you know, it was like, it was really awesome. It was really awesome because like people who didn't know each other and stuff, it was really cool. Like they bonded over jerseys and like, oh, you're wearing him or, you know, like Jersey oh. Jews are Jersey Jews are hardcore. Yeah, they're hardcore. Did you get more socks, T-shirts? What was your? Did you have a giveaway? Oh, we did. We did sweatshirts. Got it. Got it. Yes. Can I just tell you? Did you have a photo booth or a karaoke? We did. We had a photo booth. Had it all. We had it all. Yep. Can I just tell you? And this is off topic, but it's not really. On the day of my bar mitzvah, I got my first period. Oh, no. How biblical. Sorry, not bar mitzvah. Yes. And it wasn't on my 12th or 13th birthday. It was right in between. It was like April 27th, 1997. I I learned something about you every day. Yeah. I got my cake. Um, (laughs) I don't remember, but probably not. I'm not a big red velvet person, but I do remember that I got my period. I wear a pad with your 
No, I got it at the actual bat mitzvah at the party. I had this big purple ball ground. I looked like a pretty grape. And my (laughs) stomach. Were you feeling moody that day? I no, I just remember my stomach hurting so so bad, and I went to the bathroom, and I was like. I just had a recovered memory. I was like, oh my God, I shit my pants because it was brown. I was like, I pooped my pants at my bat mitzvah. Like, how did I? Oh, how did I manage this? And I like cleaned it off your memoir. I pooped my pants at my (laughs) my God. Yes. I cleaned it off and I like went back to the party, didn't tell anyone. And then when we got home, it was there again. And I was like, oh my God, I pooped my pants again. What's wrong with me? And I went to my mom and I was like, mom, I pooped my pants at the bat mitzvah. And she's like, no, honey, you got your period. And I was like, no, it's brown. It's You're not such a red. Big girl in the eyes of the church too. Yeah. I was right. like, it's, it's, no, it's so little when we get it, right? Nothing. Yeah. So this is, this is my recovered memory. And I feel like this is a very important, important talking point we need to get out there is that, so I got my period at Thanksgiving on my dad's weekend. So I was on my dad's weekend. My mom, who's a nurse, had been schooling me about what a first period would be like since the earliest. I like knew all the technical terms because my mom was a nurse. I got the birds and the bees super early, like everything super early. I was at with my dad on my dad's weekend. That was his holiday this year, that year. And we were with my stepmom and my stepmom's parents. So my step grandparents and I thought I pooped my pants because I ate. Right, it's brown. I ate a bunch of food and I was kind of lactose intolerant, but I was like, YOLO, it's Thanksgiving. I mean, I was also very young. I was like nine or 10. And I had like whipped cream and ice cream and cake. And I was like, oh, something's bad. And I go upstairs and I thought I pooped my pants. And yep. nothing like calling your dad down. Oh my God. Like, I wonder if this is a very common thing that girl, I really I thought I shit my pants. Before you think you pooped your we- pants. I mean, I haven't, I haven't heard this from other people, but I just, for me, this This is brand new on your podcast. Yeah. There, there was no connection for me. Yeah. There, I, in no way was I like, it makes sense. I got my period today because I'm a woman now. Like it just, because you hear it's right. You know, the whole thing. So I called my dad and I was like, dad, I pooped my pants. I I'm really lactose intolerant. I need to go to a doctor. (laughs) And he's like, no, honey, you're a woman now. And I'm like, no, I'm not. Oh God. Is there anything creepier than a dad saying that to you? No, honey, you're a woman now. And then because my mom had been like stockpiling stuff because she's like the mom, the single mom ready to go. So then we like go down to my stepmom. She said, I've got tampons. And I was like really young when I got it. And we go to like my grandma who's like 70. She's like, I've got my period in four million years. <laughs> um, so then my dad goes door to door on Thanksgiving day to neighbors being like, my daughter got her first period. Do you have anything? Because it was oh before the 24 hour CVS. It was like before I'm right. old. This was before we had this. And I'm just like, first of all, now in the entirety of Lincroft knows that I have my first period. That's the first thing. I had to call my mom and my mom was so pissed off that her estranged ex-husband got the period first conversation. Like that was supposed to be hers. But yeah, I thought I shit myself. I feel yeah. Like, oh my, we should take I'm a poll. A, I was just going to say, I am doing a poll. Did yeah. you please? Yeah. You shit yourself. Did you think you shit your pants the first time you got your period? Because and also, you. did You're you like, get it was- on the day you became a woman in God's <laughs> eyes? <laughs> right. Oh my God. Actually, it was like Moses himself was I, like, oh my God. Matt has made so this funny. joke forever. He's like, You're the chosen one. And I'm like, Chosen for what? 
a life that's of mediocrity. When they ask me, Mike, this that is exactly what I say to my kids when they're like, why do I have to go to Hebrew school? I'm like, because you are a chosen one. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me think of that line from Independence Day when um, what's his name? Is it Judd Hirsch from Taxi? Yeah, Judd Hirsch. Yes is sitting there and that he's like everyone let's pray and the guy says like well i'm not jewish and he goes not nobody's perfect i always think <laughs> of that line it's so funny oh gosh all right well we gotta i mean you can't, yeah, can't beat the shit yourself story so yeah well we should, there you go we world. should end on a shit yeah. In, in true mom fashion. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys so much. Tell everybody where they can find you um, because I know you guys must have amazing other period stories. And <laughs> well, thank there is, you. There is this story about one time when a ghost took over my body and I had sex with a ghost. This is not the podcast. <laughs> Carrie had sex with a ghost once. I'll fast forward. A, a, a ghost, a colonial house MD one time. Probably a colonial ghost took over her body and she had sex with her boyfriend with the spirit of the ghost in her body. And she didn't remember. And all kinds of crazy things happen where thing. Did you orgasm from that? She squirted squirted for the first time. And I've been able to girl squirt ever since then. Get the fuck out. Now, I don't remember. She's negating. This story now makes my story sound fake because this story sounds fake. So now everyone's going to be like, this bitch didn't get her period on her bat mitzvah. Oh, my God. Why? Why is there no Netflix documentary about this? I've told the story the same every single time I have. Listen, I don't remember actually the ghost coming inside me. I just remember like having sex with my boyfriend and then waking up and seeing a ghost. That's all the story. We have a combined experience of seeing this ghost. No, no drugs, no nothing. <laughs> nothing. Wow. Okay, and what episode is that? Because everyone's going to want to tune into that. Oh, well, I don't. I don't know, but I just told it on a on a ghost podcast. So I will oh, cross my God, that's amazing. Basically, we saw the same colonial woman. We both at separately said we saw the same colonial woman. And then the next day he said, we were having sex and you choked me out and it was really hot, but it was also scary. And I was like, I did. I oh my God. And then he's like, and then you like, the bed was like a girl squirt. It was like wet everywhere. I was like, I did. I like how you're whispering. Like you're not on a podcast where the only <laughs> thing people can do is hear you. <laughs> <laughs> like, right. Maybe if I'm really quiet, I won't offend people. <laughs> anyway. So that happened. And ever since I've been able to girl squirt, I saw the ghost. I don't remember choking out my boyfriend. I don't remember any of that. Obviously I'm not with him. What was her name? Like Carolyn? Maggie. Maggie. Right, 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 right. Anyway, I'm no longer with that man that that happened with. We had a good long six year run. Um, and I think that ghost like took her body inside of me and then fucked my boyfriend and made it good for all of us. So you guys can find us at Momtourage Podcast <laughs> on Instagram. Our website is momtouragepodcast.com. We are, our podcast is available wherever you listen to podcasts. And if we would like, love for you to check us out. Those in first periods, if you <laughs> like ghosts and girl coming, then Absolutely. you Podcast. <laughs> Usually our podcast is a lot more poop heavy, but today we strayed, you know? 
<laughs> I love that we started talking about like interracial couples and and that I mean not interracial interreligious and it ended with ghost girl interracial yeah 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 been there too started with interfaith couples and ended we've started from the bottom and now we're at the top I believe that's what the hip hop gods say with with each other now than we were at the beginning of the episode (laughs) here here he says started from the bottom now we here. Now we hear. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, girls, so so Thank much. Thank you. All right, bye, guys. Thank you. Bye. bye.